Welcome. Hello. To, <laughs> <laughs> to relatively Sorry, subjective. Someone just came in and re- just yelled out hello. And yeah, I left. sure. That wasn't just you. Um, uh, I'm David. Hello. Get out of here. <laughs> He's uh, he left. He's gone now. Yeah. Oh, he, he was hiding in the closet. Oh. I had you. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> All right, now he's gone. Okay, welcome to Relatively Subjective. I'm David. I'm George. And uh, we are cousins, We and we talk about movies and yeah. stuff. Yeah, normally we spoil them and review them, but this week we're doing a topic episode, Hooray! and we're talking about our guilty pleasures. Yes, so for those of you that don't know guilty pleasures, or our, I mean, our definition of guilty pleasures, it's movies that we really like and could watch over and over again and not get tired of, but we're critically... Either critically or commercially a failure, yes. or, you know, just... Or both. Just, you know, badly reviewed. One or either, or both, All, yes. Like, mostly badly reviewed. Uh, so you're going to get a, a glimpse into our personalities today. Yes. To we're going to get real personal today. Yeah. What movies we really like. They're going to get to know the real us. Yeah. Super niche and um, yep. all about us. So uh, who wants to start? Uh, did you start the, um, the last topic episode where we were talking about uh, our favorite movies? I, I think you remember. did. You started th- with Kung Fu Panda 3. I think no, Kung Fu Panda two. First two, one. excuse um, me. But I think the yeah, best you one. Ended. It is the best one so far. All right, I'll start. One. So all right, so so I guess I guess we'll start with the thing I already told you I was gonna do. Yeah. Uh, so, Kung Pao Enter the Fist. <laughs> Come with me on a journey back to two thousand two. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy is right. Oh man. So this movie's budget was ten million dollars. What? And and it, it it earned 17 million in the box office. So it wasn't a flop. It wasn't a complete flop. It wasn't a complete flop. There was profit involved. Some some profit. some profit involved. Um, so this movie is familiar to both of us because back in the day when Blockbuster was still a thing, uh, I made your dad rent it or I suggested it, and he surprisingly said yes. Yeah. And we all watched it as a family. <laughs> Because it's a family movie. It's it's not. A it's family not a family movie. movie it's all. just this. It's just a movie. Oh man. So okay. So Steve Oderkirk is the director, producer, writer, and star of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but how did he have all this money for this? Listen movie? to me. Listen to me. You're gonna be surprised when I tell you. Okay. Tell that me. Mr. Steve here, his credits include, and most of them are for writing. Okay. His credits include Ace Ventura: When Nature Calls. Patch Adams, starring uh, Robin, Robin Williams. Williams, the late Robin Williams. Jimmy Neutron, the show and the movie. What? <laughs> the Nutty Professor, starring Eddie uh, Murphy and Bruce Almighty. Wow. So he's doing well. Yeah. And decided to make this movie. <laughs> I'm sure he like hoped it would do well, but you know. Are it, you sure? <laughs> I, honestly, you- I don't. I don't know how rich he is. <laughs> he sounds pretty rich to me. But if I had that much money. I would do He's got this. Some pretty good credits. <laughs> he just took he took um, uh, an old kung fu movie uh, from 1977 called Tiger and Crane Fist, uh, and he took green screen technology, <laughs> inserted himself and uh, a few more actors into the movie, and edited around uh, edited it around to make it a completely different plot. Albeit like nonsensical, no, yeah, no plot, no plot. Like <laughs> very, he's the chosen one, plot. and Damn he it. he just has to fight Betty. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the bad guy? His literal uh, name, his name, name is, is Betty. Betty. His name was Master Pain, but he chooses to name himself Betty after like this first half of the movie or something. 
And to which Chosen One goes, but isn't Betty a woman's name? And then they like do that dramatic stare off. It's it's such a great movie. It's so stupid though. Do you, do you, no, but it is great. It is great. <laughs> I it, agree with you on this one. After doing some research, I've discovered that it has some like cult following. Yeah. People do like you know like it. I guess in the same way they like The Room or you know any of those movies, but it holds a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Just because of how dumb it is, how much I reference it every day, unknowingly, like just happens, and it—it's just so important to me. This movie—it's <laughs> taught me so much. Um, I, I didn't know. Uh, the I think the funnest part about this topic was just doing research. Yeah. Uh, in 1968, Woody Allen did a similar thing, or like he was the first one to recut an old movie like that like he did a, a recut of 1964's Key of Keys which is another like I think it was another like action movie and uh, he redubbed the dialogue and the music and it, like changed the whole thing and it's called What's Up Tiger Lily and I think they said like that provided him like with the boost like that was his like sort of first break into Hollywood yeah um, I'm not a huge fan of Woody Allen. I don't really care. I think this movie is probably better than that movie, but I haven't seen it, so what do I know? <laughs> um, IMDb gave it 6.2 out of 10. Metacritic stands at a 14% out of 100. Ooh, wow. Rotten Tomatoes, 11% out of 100. Um, I got some excerpts. Uh, I, I, I did a lot of research because uh, I had nothing to do at work today. <laughs> and so... Uh, I've got two quotes for each movie I'm going to do. Review quotes from back in the day. Quote, To imagine the life of Harry Potter as a martial arts adventure told by a lobotomized Woody Allen is to have some idea of the fate that lies in store for moviegoers lured to the mediocrity that is Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Lawrence Van Gelder, New York Times. Wow. Uh, Hopelessly inane, humorless, and underinspired, small children might be amused by some of the kung foolishness (laughs) But the martial Ooh. arts genre violence that goes with this is wholly inappropriate for youngsters. I like Kevin Kung Thomas, like LA Times. I know, it's pretty good. Good job, good, good job, Kevin Thomas of <laughs> LA Times. I hope you're still writing somewhere. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's really bad. Oh, man. How dare these people just dra- drag this wonderful piece of art through the mud <laughs> like that? Small yeah. children might be amused, I guess. Call me a small child. I don't care. Well, I mean, when did this movie come out? 2002. Oh. So you were kind of a child. I still enjoy this movie. I'm <laughs> 26 years old. Well, okay. I still stand by uh, 11-year-old me Alrighty. and saying this is one of the best movies ever. I wish I could go back in time, high-five my 10-year-old <laughs> self, 11-year-old self and be like, you want to watch Kung Pao? But I can't nope. because time travel is not real. Nope. Um, your turn. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do. I get my, all these movies are ten out of tens for me, by the way. Uh, same for me. <laughs> okay. Um, I am going to um, go in chronological order with with my movies. Like release order? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so the first one that I am going to talk about, uh, which is a guilty pleasure pleasure of mine, is Rocky Horror Picture Show. Woo! Yeah, it came out in 1975, and it actually bombed. Uh-huh. Uh, it actually, <clears throat> it was funny. Uh, it. It's opening weekend, so it, it, uh, it, the budget was about one million two hundred dollars, and it barely scraped two hundred thousand uh, during the first opening weekend. That's a which fucking was, flop. Yeah, if I've uh, ever heard it. But, but I mean, it's 
from then through i mean the through the decades that's been out it's become a cult classic you know they just redid it on tv um with her i don't know yeah her you know who i'm talking about nope um <laughs> uh and, and you know uh it's it was tim curry's feature film debut so it was really? The first That's film his that first one? Yeah, it was great. Uh, and there was so many things wrong with the movie. There were so many things that either they forgot, and like I read a few articles that they were just like, you know, these are all the things that went wrong, but we're not sure if it was done on purpose or not. Because the director was <laughs> je- never, like he never said like this was what was supposed to happen. He was just, he kind of just rolled with it and was just like, yeah, sure. Wait, okay, wait, go so, for it. <laughs> do you mean like the actors did whatever they wanted and he was just like that's okay no, or was he just was like, like one take we got it that, check the gate that actually happened multiple times where they, they did ev- lots of things in one take but it had to be in certain scenes had to be done in one take because they couldn't rebuild the set for something that happened <laughs> or like they loved you know just like the, the randomness of the uh, um, like the reactions that people had and they were just, and he just kept it in the full film. That's pretty cool. Uh, it was pretty cool, and yeah. and I mean, obviously there's you know there's a bunch of continuation like errors and stuff. But I mean the best part of this movie, if you haven't seen it or haven't heard of it before, is that it's a musical. Yeah. So like a lot of the songs kind of like drew people in. A lot of the songs are really like you know tongue in cheek and they're funny, and it's one of the reasons why I love it so much. Um, the other reason is because, you know, it just destroys gender roles and everything and I just love that because, yeah cause, cause and what year did that come out was it the 70s 75 yep. 75 right in the smack middle of uh, the 70s um, times were changing then it's uh, it, yeah you remember those days <laughs> no I do not uh, but uh, so some, some fun um, trivia about Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, it was Tim Curry's feature film um <laughs> The set builders forgot to put an extra door in the lab <laughs> during the during the entrance scene for Dr. Scott, so he had to crash through the wall. <laughs> there was literally no door. He had to crash through the wall, which I uh, thought was hilarious. Um, Patricia Quinn, the person who played Magenta, was the... Um, at the very beginning of the movie, there's the, the song uh, Science Fiction Double Feature. She is the lips. If you didn't know, it was her. Um, was that just like a staffing issue? Or like... Just because she wanted to do it, she uh, she actually only only took the role because she loved the song, and uh, they let her be the lips because she was upset because she didn't get to actually sing the song in, in the film. Aww. It was a lip sync, but Aww. they they let her do that, nice. uh, which was pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> let's see, let's see. Uh, if you didn't know, Frank, uh, Miss Doctor Frankenfutter is pansexual. Obviously, if you didn't know, that's just, yes. You know, whatever. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you, I either haven't seen this movie or think I have but it's been a long time it's been so long that I have mixed it with other movies yes probably other Tim Curry movies perhaps so, I don't know why I get that and like Clue mashed up but oh, it's because Clue is a fantastic movie that well. is a great movie I wanted to use it for this episode but it did pretty well yeah it's a good movie <laughs> and people still enjoy it yeah. so yeah uh, two more pieces of um, of, of fun I Go think for it. Give, uh, trivia. give me all the trivia uh, the creators asked Susan Sarandon who uh, she is the, per- uh, the female lead in this movie uh, to during her song Touch It Touch It Touch Me to <laughs> appear topless she was supposed to appear nude but she said no which Good is why her. she has a bra on but it's still a great song Yeah. Uh, and then last thing uh, the uh, role of Brad if you didn't know or I mean you should know uh, is played by Barry Bostwick 
Uh, but a, but Steve Martin actually auditioned for the role. He auditioned for he that auditioned role. Auditioned for the role, and they didn't Brad, go with him. And they went with the other guy. Wow! Uh, Jokes on you, casting so, people. So I mean, for this that's movie. Uh, pretty cool. Um, very cool. So so yeah, uh, it did not very well. Um, but it, like like you said, it's definitely a cult phenomenon now. Absolutely, people have theaters will have viewings of it. Yeah, and people will go to that. In 1975, let's see, I have the. Um, where is it? Yeah, the critic. Uh, so uh, Roger Ebert gave it a uh, two <laughs> out, out of five. Five? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, the Rotten uh, Rotten Tomatoes didn't exist back then. No. Nope. Uh, so the the rating now, because it is cult cult, cult classic, is eighty percent. But I'm not sure if it's doing the original version or the new version, uh, because Rotten Tomatoes isn't specific about that. Yeah. Um, I don't trust them anyway. Uh, sure. Uh, and um, I guess you know I can read two reviews. Uh, Mariana Vestic from Common Sense Media reviewed the definition of kitsch Rocky Horror is a campy musical spoof on the Haunted Castle horror movie encompassing a 70s glam rock world of androgyny with characters that are more than offbeat it's not really a review but uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure she liked it and, uh, and then of course the, uh, this person Adam Smith from Empire simply a cult classic see it once and laugh about it at dinner parties for the rest of your adult life or go uh, along to the interactive viewing dress up and sing along it's your call and this, um, one of the reasons why I actually love this movie so much is because I was in a version of this interactive viewing mm. uh, at college, and it just, like, it was fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Good memories attached to Very good memories. Guilty pleasures. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Next. way you said, oh, yeah, the last one oh, makes yeah. it sound like you had a really good memory with this movie. Oh, yeah. We shouldn't talk about it. This is a family show. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start with my second one. Which is a movie I saw two days ago um, (laughs) because my girlfriend, Erica, if you're listening, hello, uh, (laughs) uh, didn't agree to watch this, but I made her. Um, Coneheads. Oh, usually. Oh, my God. From 1993. (laughs) The classic. Oh, I totally forgot about that movie. The F. Scott Fitzgerald novel turned movie, Coneheads. Was that really? No, of course not. (laughs) Are you? What? Uh, being, I'm getting too good at being sarcastic. You are. It's I don't so know. Bad. Okay, so 1993, Coneheads is released. <laughs> a time where there's no space or time. <laughs> uh, the budget for this movie was 33 million dollars, and it made okay. 21.3 million. So oh, wow, you, you lost some money there. Yeah. Uh, it debuted not number six of the bo- at the box office opening weekend. Um, it is the third movie. Based on an SNL sketch. (laughs) (laughs) The first being the best, probably, Blues Brothers. The second being Wayne's World, which, in my opinion, is still overrated. I don't know. Overrated? Overrated. I I don't see the appeal. I mean, I thought it was good. I thought it was, like, okay at best, but I don't think it deserves the amount of quotes it gets, like, in my life that I encounter. I mean, how often do people quote it? And, too and, much, and, and it's usually <laughs> once a year, and it's like, all right, enough. Like Wayne's World <laughs> happened a long time ago. Did you see? What Conets? quote was it? Huh? What quote is it? Party on, or, party on, Garth, Schwing, party on Wayne. You know, uh, all oh, of his yeah, little. There's a couple. Yeah, there's, see that. there's a few of them. Um, but I, honestly, Please. this Coneheads was my favorite. <laughs> but have you seen Coneheads? But have you seen Coneheads? <laughs> it's it was my favorite SNL movie until I found out that Blues Brothers is technically an SNL yeah. movie. So that's definitely my number yeah. one. So this is my number two, and it's. Basically, because 
my mom had VHSs that she would put on to make us be quiet, and the, this was one of them. So we would just, as kids, watch Coneheads. And the amount of, I think, work and just, obviously they had to put on prosthetics for the, for the whole movie, <laughs> to film the whole movie. And it's not a long movie. It's barely 90 minutes. It's like, it's like they, they couldn't come up with any <laughs> other situations to put the Coneheads in. So they were just like, fuck, they, we got 80-something minutes. They sequel, though, didn't they? No. Oh, there was just the one? Did you, did you honestly think there was a sequel? Yeah. Because in my research, do you know about the Mandela effect? Yeah. Pe- that happens. People, yeah, people think there was the a Coneheads one. too. Yeah. I never thought that. Like, I, I always knew that there was I just one, that. but wow. Maybe, well, also, I could be conflating the movie and then also the skits. True. So, like, I continue True seeing enough. the skits, yeah. so in my head, I'm yeah. just like, yeah, there has to be a second one. Yeah, yeah. True enough. Uh, but, yeah, this movie is... It, it, it's the most detailed, I would say, of the SNL movies, just because SNL movies are usually silly. Yeah. They're, like, you know, all over the place. But Coneheads... MacGruber! MacGruber <laughs> is a perfect example. And, oh, man, I looked at the... The list. They, the list of <laughs> SNL movies, and they... I don't I didn't know why they kept making them. I don't know how they kept making them, but they did. Because they're funny for five minutes. Yeah, I guess. Uh yeah, so I mean, you shouldn't be talking kung fu, kung pao hey, into the fist. That is a great movie, and I feel like you should watch it again and <laughs> remind yourself why it's a great movie. Anyway, continue. So, so Conehead just has so much involved in terms of sci-fi that I enjoy, just because I I enjoy how different these aliens are to humans. They're basically the same, except they have cone heads, <laughs> and have razor teeth, and that they can expand to a ridiculous size. Don't know why. But they're, they aren't... eat copious amounts of food. They need a, a ridiculous amount of calories a day. I don't know why. They're, they're, their breakfast usually involves like three pack stacks of pancakes and four plates of bacon. And, you know, it's, 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 it's inspiring. <laughs> it's not inspiring. But I, it would always resonate with me just because you know how our moms yeah. would shop. It would just, I would just feel like they're a trying cone. to feed. Cone I would heads. relate to coneheads yeah. and be like, yeah, my mom shops like so, that too. So, weren't they trying to disguise themselves as humans though? They crash landed on Earth and they couldn't get a rescue vessel for seven uh, Zarleks, if I'm not mistaken. Seven Zerls, excuse me. They couldn't get a pickup. You know what I'm talking about. They couldn't get a pickup for seven Zerls, which translate, I guess, to like 20 years because that's how, like, long they were there yeah. setting they up a, a life they too. have a daughter she grows up to be a teenager and then they get rescued by their their remulac ships all right <laughs> see that's exactly what i mean <laughs> just give it a chance all right stop laughing at my face as i'm trying to describe this movie this beloved that i movie love to so me. much it's just so rich in sci-fi culture and, and so remember this when i review my next movie. okay cool <laughs> i think i if, if it's the movie i think you're talking about yes. i'm gonna throw up right here <laughs> now but it was just fun to see how different in terms of because dan Aykroyd is a big ufo guy he's a super conspiracy like ufo guy and he must have sat down and just like and then they'll have this and their ship will look like this and then <laughs> their biology is like this he took a lot of thought into it and that's what i appreciate it's not just Wayne's World, like two guys owning a public access show or whatever. Um, let's see here. Same director as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the 90s. Okay. So Cute. that's good. And, uh, <laughs> Is it? <laughs> what? That movie was also great. Uh, hmm. 
Uh, it was continued in a few issues of uh, comics by Marvel, I think. Wow, really? In 94, yeah. Uh, it wasn't Fine. anything crazy, I guess. But they should have made him like part of the Avengers, yeah. I think. <laughs> sure. Um, let's see here. Let's see our reviews here. Um, IMDb's got it at 5.3 out of 10. Oh, nice. Metacritic's at a 49%. And Rotten Tomatoes has it at a 33%. Let's travel back in time. This is a dismal, dreary, and fairly desperate movie in which the actors try very hard but are unable to overcome an uninspired screenplay, says Roger Ebert, who gives it 1.5 out of 5. Uh, you'd have to visit the planet, planet Remulac to find anyone who really thinks the Coneheads needed to be brought to the big screen, <laughs> says Janet Maslin of the New York Times. Uh, yeah, just another movie I quote a lot. Usually when I'm around... My People brothers, <laughs> yeah, like when I'm around Jeff or Mike, yeah. it's always just like France. We come from France. <laughs> <laughs> or if my mom makes something to eat, we're just like, ah, we will enjoy it. You know, just stupid things. Uh, That's funny. What <laughs> France? We come from France. <laughs> you see, such a great movie. I don't understand why uh, it didn't it make its budget five. back. Why didn't it make at least its oh budget back? Oh, my God, that's funny. I would have saw that a few times in the theaters if I was that's more than two years old back then. <laughs> yeah. Ah. All right. Your turn. All right, my turn. Is it? Is it the movie? My, is it? So my second pick. Is it it? Is it, is it, it? Just fucking do it. Star is Halle Berry oh, yeah. as Catwoman. So this is definitely a guilty pleasure because this movie sucks. Everyone hates it. It's so even bad. you listening. I know you hate it. You, I know you probably you, haven't I watched it. I know you hate it. You probably hate it. it. And if I, if you have seen it, I'm sorry. But if you belong to that very small amount of people like me who actually somehow, for whatever reason, like this movie, well, I mean, I know why. Uh, you're you're one of a, a very small group. Yeah. Uh, so please please contact me so we no. can talk about this movie. There's no support group for this um, movie. No, there's, there's a support group about. See why. how I was gonna say shit? It just my <laughs> mouth. Just, my just mouth was just happened. like yeah, movie. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> it's hard to explain this movie. Um, so, Catwoman. So it's 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 not <laughs> in like the DC universe. It's not you know. There's no like reference to. Batman, Superman, any other hero. It's literally just this one woman who, Halle Berry, her name is Patience Phillips, who I don't know where that name came from. Seriously. Um, Selena Kyle. Yeah. At well, least. I mean, Keep the name. But no, no, because then it would be in the universe, and then, then you have to explain like where Batman weighs and shit like that. Anyway, so she finds out that this is a corp- her main, the corporation that she works for, Hedair Beauty, is a cosmetic company. and Sharon Stone, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, I remember because when I Stone. watched the movie, I was like, "Is that that's Sharon Stone?" Stone? Yep. Um, and uh, she, you know, she's putting basically she's putting like uh, this secret kind of poison into the makeup so that it forces the women to continue to buy it. So that if you uh, wear it for a while, obviously you'll look beautiful and continue to buy their product. But if you don't wear it, your skin basically degrades. Um, but <laughs> Sharon Stone, because she's Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone. She makes this special kind of makeup that only she can use that makes her super strong and live forever <laughs> and stuff. Um, it makes her a super villain for the superhero in the movie. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Uh, so then, so Catwoman, she, she's pushed out of a... She's not pushed out of a building because that's out the other window. one. She's not out of a window because that's a different movie. She's at the factory that's making the thing and... Oh, they, they flush turn, her down the and, tube, yeah, they, right? They turn on the things and she drowns. But then she just washes up on shore and the cat... 
breathes into her mouth and be, that's how right? she becomes that's the how it happens. That's how they never it. explain it? Uh, well, they, not really. They kind of explain it with that crazy lady who, um, Frances Conroy, who was like a, a professor but also got fired. And she's like, Catwoman have existed since the dawn of centuries because of the cat <laughs> god from Egypt who put, like, breathed life into you. And you now know Capoeira and you can climb up walls and, and stuff. Uh, oh, so, this is a, good idea. a lot of people. Uh, what do you mean, a lot of people? <laughs> direct, the director, his name is Pitoff, and he doesn't have a last name. That makes sense. Uh, writers. No, that he's the director of this movie. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, writer, main writers Bob Kane and Teresa Rebecca. Did you say um, Bob Kane? Bob Kane. Like the bat, not, not the Batman Bob Kane. Don't don't you dare. Um, I'll leave right now. <laughs> I'm going to look him up. Um, I really hope this is a coincidence. It's not, is it spelled K-A-N-E? Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, yeah. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. That's... Are you fucking kidding me right now? Yeah. No, that's him. Bob Kane. He was the head writer for this movie. You son of a bitch. He's right here in black and white. How that's much do crazy. you... Okay, I know. I forgot it. figured it out. How much do you want to bet that this was his original idea for Catwoman and DC was just like, why don't we do something a little different? And then they changed it. And then he got to this point in his life and was just like, fuck it. I'm going to write my Catwoman movie that I've always wanted. And it's going to involve cats breathing into women, making them Catwomen that have been here since the dawn of time. Wait a second. It can't be, David. No, it can't be. Because he died in 1998. Thank Christ. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Wait a second. Oh, so no, it was based on the character that he wrote. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's like Stan Lee being my, credited. Yeah, Why would exactly. he be credited? Never mind. Continue with all your all right. love with, for with this my, my, my foolishness? Yes. Um, your, what was it? With your, Catwoman? No, with your kung foolishness. My kung foolishness. And actually, the kung foolishness is actually why I like this movie, because when she's not CGI, <laughs> because that happens I was a lot about too. To say, um, she her or, head I mean, is sometimes like the 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 character who plays Catwoman, not Halle Berry, her her stunt double, does some pretty cool stunts in this movie. And if you look at the look at some of like the YouTube videos of the background shooting of the stuff, a lot of it is actually like a real person. Very, you know, obviously there's stuff that is on, like, strings and stuff, but, like, that always happens. And, like I said, a lot of it is CGI. But, like, the actual fight scenes, like, with the real person, if you look at it out of the Catwoman, you know, eye, is, is, is the martial arts is cool. And I, everyone knows I'm a, a sucker for martial arts. So, yeah, that's, if, if this movie were to have a redeeming quality, that would be it. But the rest of it is awful. Uh, it was es- the, the budget for this movie was estimated to be a hundred million dollars. That's insane. Give me one of them. And uh, just one million. And it uh, it made seventeen back on the opening weekend. Seventeen. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. <clears throat> Holy shit. It got. It has a nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. A one out of four for Roger Ebert, and a one out of five for Empire. Um. It is also included in Roger Ebert's most hated list. Yeah, that, uh, that seems right. If you didn't know. I feel like that's in everyone's most hated list. Um, and these reviews actually are pretty funny. <laughs> so I'm going to read three of them. Just rattle off as many as, uh, as we can take. No, just three. Um, <laughs> because three is enough. Um, 
So Roberto uh, Sadowski from Empire says, like, like Van Helsing with a smaller budget, this is only worth seeing if you can handle shallow characters and dull plastic action scenes for the sake of unintentional laughs. <laughs> Which I think is this entire movie. Uh, Neil Minow from the Common Sense Media says, awkward and clumsy as a cat in high heels, this version of the comic book character Catwoman does not have enough st- to sustain one life, much less nine. Wow, this guy went nuts on the cat puns. And then last one, Adam R. Holtz from Plugged In says, When I'm good, I'm very good. When I'm bad, I'm as bad as I want to be. Catwoman Halle Berry purrs. Her movie leans towards the latter. (laughs) So Uh, that's Catwoman. Yeah, it's real bad. Yeah, It's bad because she wanted it to be bad. And it's all Halle Berry's fault. We all know now. (laughs) But she's a good actress. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This is a very hard thing to come back from in my in Well, my I mean, heart. she's she's been in stuff. She right? was in Gothica. That was good. I liked Gothica. What else was she in? <laughs> that James Bond movie? Huh? Oh, God, no. <laughs> that Pierce Brosnan James Bond movie? Let's <laughs> not what talk is about it? that one. Where Madonna did the song for it? <clears throat> yeah. Die, Die Another, another day. day. That's what it is. <laughs> Die Another Day. <laughs> By Madonna. By Madonna. Uh, she's going to be in John Wick 3. Really? She was in Kingsman. That movie sucked. I saw it a few days ago. Kingsman? The the Golden Circle. Yeah. Oh, oh did it? Yeah. I like the first one exactly. so much. Exactly. Oh man. Oh David. <laughs> oh man. Don't do it. Ah. Uh, it oh, was I, so oh, disappointing. Oh, of course she plays Storm. Uh, of course. Of course. <laughs> but you How say it like you say it like it's like um, like the the best thing she's ever done. Well, it's, it's probably one of the most things. Do you know what happens when a toad gets struck by lightning? The same thing that happens to everybody. Else. Yeah, we get it. I understand. <laughs> Um, uh, it makes you think, does she come up with these? <laughs> I hope Is not. this all Halle Berry? All right, what's your all last right, one? Let's not never talk about this ever again. <laughs> My third and final movie comes from left field. It is Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ. I'm kidding. Relax. That would be weird to talk about. Like, I love this movie. <laughs> it was so good. It also didn't, I feel like it, it did didn't, pretty well because yeah. Catholics are around. You know, <laughs> Catholics, Catholics are still a thing. Catholics are still a thing, and they'll be like, "Let's go see a family movie." Our Savior getting about tortured. Jesus. No, while we're on Torture. the topic of uh, of great action, and and uh, you said Catwoman had some great action in it, right? I didn't use those exact words. What did you say? I said the martial arts is pretty cool. And was, uh, while we're talking about martial arts being cool, and um, we're not going back to Kung the Pao. DC universe. Oh, okay. Batman Forever from 1995. I'm going to talk about this. <laughs> okay. This is another VHS classic straight out of Mom's collection <laughs> that she would put on and make us watch to shut us up. Um, this was a commercial success, obviously, because it came off the back of Batman. Batman and Batman Returns. And then uh, Michael Keaton and Tim Burton walked away from it. And Joel Schumacher and Val Kilmer stepped in. And people were like, ooh, it's a different Batman. And the budget was $100 million, same as Catwoman, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, made back $336.5 million. So Wait, run those vi- numbers back behind me again? Budget was $100 million, Yeah. Made $336.5 million. Okay, so it so tripled. So it tripled yeah. and, and then some of its budget, which is why Batman and Robin happened. Yeah. Why? <clears throat> so uh, IMDb gives it a 5.4 out of 10. Metacritic. What? 51%. Rotten Tomatoes, oh, 39%. Uh, That's still better than my movie. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is well, better no, than my third movie. movie, I mean. Oh, oh. Oh, man. I'm fucking scared. Um, <laughs> okay. So, 
Yeah, this movie is just. It's bad. It's not good. It's, it's not good. Pure However, watching kung it as a wow, <laughs> so much kung foolishness <laughs> in all of my movies. It's just so bad. But you know, it's the nineties. <laughs> what did I say? A lawless, a lawless time. A lawless time. <laughs> and I was four to five years old when this movie came out. And it was fantastic to four or five year olds. Like you know, the the first Batman movies we watched were the dark ones, yeah. and you know, the Joker. You, you were. You were wowed and you didn't know why, but you were also terrified. Yeah. And Danny DeVito just terrified you because oh, yeah. he was just like, I'm Danny DeVito. And he's spinning up and black stuff. You know, Tim Burton weird. And stuff yeah. And all dark and black yeah. and, and very yeah. contrasty. Yeah. Yeah. And Joel Schumacher, who was a fashion designer before he was a director, which some people think the bat suit with the nipples and yeah. the, the close up of the butts and stuff came, came from. It was just him like. Thank you, Joel. Yeah, thank you for all everything, everything you've done <laughs> and contributed to society. Yeah, so this movie's full of bad puns. It's the Adam West Batman brought into the '90s yeah. and just injected with sugar and and, and color and, and bad advice and, and everything and just, terrible and Jim Carrey <laughs> because it's the '90s and he's in everything. Yes. So he plays the Riddler. Tommy Lee Jones plays Two Face, and match made in heaven. So this is like great. When you're a kid, because it's like brightly colored villains. Yeah. Batman saying funny stuff sometimes when he's not like being all weird, sexy with uh, Nicole Kidman, who's like hypersexual in this movie. Oh yeah. If you remember, she's always just like, "I want to fuck you, Batman." <laughs> the Batman Literal, fr- literally front. <laughs> that's lines the first from thing the she says to Batman, <laughs> and he's just like, "I gotta go," <laughs> and that's how the movie ends. Now, and uh, it's the first time we see Robin, and mm-hmm. uh, on the silver screen. Played by Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> oh, this movie is so good. A <laughs> uh, uh, fun piece of trivia that only came out, I think, last year was uh, Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones did not, or Tommy Lee Jones did not like Jim Carrey oh, at wow, all. Really? They, he did not like him. Uh, Jim Carrey went on Norm Macdonald's podcast, and when talking about it, Jim Carrey went into a restaurant or something. And saw Tommy Lee Jones was there with his like eating dinner with his family, and so he went up to say hello. And Tommy Lee Jones like he as he described it, the blood drained from his face, and like he got up all nervous and like hugged him, and he was just like, I, I really don't like you, I really like he he's just like told he him like told him yeah he was just like I don't enjoy working with you, and he it obviously it, he said it was right before they filmed like the big scene together i'm guessing that's the one at the end where he's in the white suit and everything um but uh yeah people were were saying it's because he's not the star jim carrey is the star in the Uh, 90s so he like took the spotlight from tommy lee jones and tommy lee jones if you remember in the movie is very weird (laughs) a little bit he's not two-faced he's trying to like be the joker Joker, yeah i guess but the riddler is all like jim carrey so he's going off the walls and stuff he's like he's he's animated as shit yeah even when he's not the riddler he's still like "Mm, i'm jim carrey and so he was trying to top jim carrey's jim carriness oh you can't do that exactly and we saw in the movie how it didn't work yeah but it worked for me yeah we're gonna say it's a good movie (laughs) <laughs> it was it. I liked it. Was it? I mean, it's entertaining because it's so fucking in your, in your face. face and <laughs> and oh man, the first. Do you remember the first lines of the movie? I don't. I haven't seen it. In the a very first long time. lines of the movie 
after they he suits up and you zoom in on his butt and stuff oh, and yeah. and then the batmobile that's brightly colored blue comes out of the ground now and they kept the same alfred and alfred's like <laughs> shall i make you a sandwich <laughs> and then batman says i'll get drive through and they use that scene in a bat in a in a mcdonald's commercial or something like they put that in the movie as the, the first line of the movie Cause, because because it was sponsored by mcdonald's because it was pretty much they gave them money to yeah. do that. And it's just full of stuff. Great quotes like that. <laughs> Great quote. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of my favorite ones since I was a kid was when Batman and Robin first team up at the end to take down Riddler and Two-Face and they get to the island. That's a big question mark. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's just that big tower, like hourglass thing that's like absorbing everyone's brain power. Oh, yeah. And Robin gets on the island and he goes, holy rusted metal, Batman. And he's like, no, the, the, the great, the, it's like, it's rusted metal. Like, you know, the, yeah. Holy, like it's got holes in it too. Holy. And then it, it just made me laugh so much <laughs> as a kid. And it still makes me chuckle every now and then. Like if it just comes in my head, I'm just like, holy. <laughs> <laughs> Childhoodness. Uh, oh yeah. And it's just stuck ever since. Um, Schumacher keeps the movie spinning like a pinwheel. It's a thrill packed joyride that knocks itself out, out to please. So much so that it often threatens to collapse from plot overload, says Peter Travers of Rolling Stone. That is very accurate. I kind of yeah, like that. Yeah, it is too. very, very as we said, it's very in your face, yeah. and it's just it's never like stopping. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like the Riddler, and now Two-Face, and now both of them, and now Batman, and now Robin, and then... Uh, I like the look of the movie and Schumacher's general irreverence towards the material, but the great Batman movie still remains to be made, Roger Ebert. Ooh. Very, very uh, prolific <laughs> Roger Ebert. He knew his shit, I guess. I, don't know. Uh, I mean, he saw Into the Future, maybe. Yeah. And good for him, because this movie is entertaining, and it has a special place in my heart. However, it is not Batman. <laughs> it's fun to watch. It's yeah. fun. It's entertaining. I honestly don't... I When I think about it, I don't know if I would enjoy it as much if Jim Carrey wasn't in it. Yeah. He was just the... He was my favorite the best part, part of the movie, yeah. Because yeah. he's Val Kilmer was nothing as Batman. He was just like a fate, like he was just, he was just like emotionless. Like he really was. He was emotionless. He was completely he was, blank. Yeah, yeah. I, I like think he, he was trying be to be Michael Keaton a little bit because Michael Keaton was a little more animated, but yeah. still, when he put the Batman suit on, he was just like, "Yeah, no, I gotta go. Can't move my head." <laughs> yeah, baby. And they try to contrast it with Chris O'Donnell's very rambunctious Robin, who steals the Batmobile. And he tries to pick up chicks in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still want that glow-in-the-dark paint that those thugs use. Yeah. And uh, the nunchucks or whatever that they use. Cool. So, you know, Christmas is coming up. So, okay. just so you know. Let's change the subject. I'm about <laughs> to cry. Let's kind of not change. because I'm going to be talking about... Uh, not this, it's, I is it another this, Batman movie? The same universe, oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, so this one actually came out recently Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice David so, You just turned this into a three hour podcast <laughs> Just kidding everyone Or am I? So obviously this movie did not do well um, It was a $250 million budget And on its open weekend it only made $166 million. So that's uh, uh, less than half uh, <sighs> of its No that's not right It's Wait 300 and what? It was $250 million opening with 166 no it's more than that's half more than but half. still but that's still very ha- very under budget yeah it didn't make any it back at all um, it's a hundred <clears throat> it's like a hundred 
a little bit over a hundred. Yeah. In loss of profits. Yep. Continue. Uh, so, uh, all that, all those numbers. Uh, so, yeah, it was not good, <laughs> and it was like critically not good. Like it was like I got twenty-seven percent Rotten Tomatoes, forty-four percent Metacritic, six point six out of ten on IMDb. Um, not like the best Batman or Superman movie. I don't think a good Batman or Superman movie live action exists. Uh, actually, well, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. We'll talk about this another di- another day. But I, um, the super, the original Superman movies with um, uh, Christopher Christopher Reeves uh-huh. have a special place in my heart. Of course. But um, we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice, yeah. mm-hmm. where we get Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill fighting, and it's all dark and gritty and it's kind of bullshit but <laughs> but oh, oh my god oh, and i just rolled back rolled down to the cast and i saw jesse eisenberg and i just like my head like, oh, a for- vein in my head like throbbed. you forgot that he existed yes because i i tried i hate him so totally. much stop it uh so this movie yeah this movie sucks uh it's superman we we got the first superman movie man of steel he's back and he's doing multi-million dollars worth of damage uh-huh. all around the world uh, and then, so now we kind of get like Batman's perspective, and Batman thinks that he's a bad guy, and they kind of like fight, and and then Lex has this thing over Superman. He's gonna k- kill somebody if he doesn't f- kill Batman, and then Batman and Superman have this Martha moment, <laughs> uh, and then, and so okay, so the the plot's stupid. The actors <laughs> were were dumb. The villain was terrible. But you're just you're just abusing this movie. You're just like these guys because it's, stupid. it's terrible. This is, this dumb. It was really idiotic. it was really bad. Um, Henry Cavill, like <sighs> I love him. The Val Kilmer of Superman. But exactly, he has absolutely no emotion. He doesn't humanize the character at all. Superman. I mean, Superman is Superman, so you can't really say too much about that. But, like, give him lines. Like, I feel like he only had, like, 15 lines in this David, where are we at in terms of time? <sighs> okay. We're at 41. We're fine. Okay. No, no, no. I just wanted to know how much I can say about this movie so I can consolidate my thoughts in the appropriate time scale. Well, you, you shouldn't scale. be able to sing, say much because this is my movie that I'm reviewing. Listen, you just let me know when you're done. <laughs> I just need to get a few things off my chest before <laughs> okay. I explode. All right. After, well, yeah, when I'm done. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so, so... This being a obviously a, a guilty pleasure, it's a movie that I know is terrible, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. Or did I like it? Or did I just want to like it so much that I actually tricked myself into? Well, let's it? find out. What be- did you like about this movie? Because literally, since I was a child, like I said, the original Superman movies were fantastic to me because you got to see your hero on screen, and. I know Henry Cavill is a block of cheese, or even blander. Like he's a block of tofu. He's like a block of English cheese. But, but him being on screen, him fighting, him with the symbol of hope, the House of L on his chest, like all of that. In dark red. Sure, we're not. Dark blue. It like. It like it. Oh, it makes me happy. Yeah. I don't know. It just gives me that one thing that's just like this, is your childhood dream coming true, mm-hmm. and. Seeing Batman and Superman fight was, aw- like that fight scene to me was great. That fight scene shouldn't have happened, but it was a good fight scene. I thought uh, the Martha thing kind of annoyed the shit out of me. Um, you get introduced to Wonder Woman, which is pretty cool, uh, and then obviously they bring in some stuff from the comics. They're bringing in the death of Superman uh, with uh, um, what's his name, um, the dude Doomsday. 
even though it's not supposed to be really Doomsday, they're gonna call him Doomsday. But like, you have this whole like, they're trying to consolidate like a good twenty years worth of comic into one movie, and like that I think is obviously their downfall. Like, it's not supposed to happen this way. And I understand that they have, you know they're making their whole movie universe, and it, it doesn't really work. But, uh, but, <laughs> just literally just seeing Batman and Superman on screen and Wonder Woman on screen, like. It does. Some, I get it. it does, I get it. Yeah, it, it does it something. It finally to me. happened. It, you know? Yes, it's there. It's happening. It, In like, the same vein of you getting excited for seeing all the Avengers assemble for the first time, you see but the first at the same, time. But yes, so the the big three I, come together. I. It's not that I don't care about Marvel. Marvel is fantastic. Marvel is great. They're doing a great job with the MCU. But I didn't grow up on Marvel. So like you grew up on Bruce Tim's I Batman, was, Superman. I was on Batman Superman Adventures, you know, on Batman the WB. Beyond, I was on Batman Static Beyond. Shock. I was on, you know, Superman like the Christopher Reeve Superman, like that version of Superman and DC in general was more of my childhood so much so that when I saw these movies and, you know, when it happens with uh, Wonder Woman and when it happened when it's going to happen with Aquaman and like Justice League when all these movies are coming out I say to myself in my head, I literally have said this out loud to you, these movies are going to suck, but I'm still going to see them. Yeah. Because, like, you have to. Like, just you to... You owe it. Yeah. Owe your, owe your younger self seeing these people on screen, seeing them, seeing what they're doing, the effects, the, you know, the, the flying through the air and the punches that, like, shake the entire screen. Like, it's awesome. It's great. Storyline sucks. But it's so visually beautiful that you have to at least give them credit for that. Like, the special effects artists... And the CGI artists and, and you know, the, all that stuff is awesome. And it's making these movies what you imagined they could be real. Yeah. So that's why this movie just did so much to me. Like, yes, the first Superman movie, uh, Man of Steel, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great. I thought it was good. But for the same reason, it's Superman. Like, I have to like it. Yeah. And even if I don't like it, I have to like it. Yeah. Uh, and then with Justice League, they were I liked it a little bit better than this movie. I thought it was a little better than this movie. Um, but, like, you know, all the struggle and all of the, the stuff that you put into it and all of the times you tell yourself, like, why did they do that? But you have you overlook it because it's, it's Superman. <laughs> it's your hero. And no yeah. matter... And no matter like what they do to that character you will like them and i'm going to end this on just on one note um the animated movies the dc animated universe watch them they're some of them so don't get crazy good some they're of them are so not so much some better of them are great than the live action movies yes the for live sure. action universe is like sucky the animated <laughs> universe is so much better. And especially now that uh, Death of Superman is coming out, and then it's rumored that after Death of Superman animated movie comes the Rise of the Superman animated movie, and I'm super excited about it. So just watch them. Give Superman his due. Let him be Superman and not Henry Cavill. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. Go ahead. Oh Jesus! Uh, uh, that was Henry so, Cavill, I love you. That was so moving. He's he's gonna listen to this. I, I hope so. He, just, I'm pretty just sure he shake, is. Literally, just give me a handshake, and I will be able to die in peace. Uh huh. Yeah. Handshake with uh, your penis. Oh yeah, there it is. Okay, <laughs> cool. All right. So, just uh, to piggyback off <laughs> all of that. Oh man, 
I, I agree in the whole upbringing DC. Uh, even when I got into comics, I read a lot more DC than I did Marvel because I enjoyed the stories a lot more. Batman, you already know, mm-hmm. to me is like my dad because my dad wasn't as prominent in my life as he should have been. As Batman. This is what I want to really talk about. <laughs> this is there's no This turned into a mental health session. This is the topic All right. of this. How do you feel about your uh, father? So this movie is uh, <laughs> is is too disappointing and too much of a betrayal in my eyes to watch, which is why after the one time I was basically done. I enjoyed there are good parts. There are parts that if you take it out and just made it like a like uh if if you if you didn't release this movie and suddenly three or four clips on YouTube surfaced of Ben Affleck just fighting Superman as Batman, I'd be like, This is awesome, make this a movie. But don't fuck it up. <laughs> Which is what they did. Like the whole fight with them was good. The reason was not, but the fight itself was was good. Wonder Woman fight, great. The what else was good about this movie? Batman saving Martha. Batman saving Martha was the best part of the movie, in my opinion, just because I love Batman so much, and you saw him almost be the Batman you love and want most. We should. We're gonna table this discussion for a. A, I feel like we should do an episode on the DC movie universe. Talk about animated movies. Talk about what they should do or where, like, where they fucked up and what they can fix. But this movie was just so bad, and it's just too long. Bad villain. Bad. It's two and a half hours. It's two and a half hours, and you feel every minute after the first half hour, you're like, "Is the rest of it gonna oh be like God, this?" Oh my God, there's two hours. And there's, there's two more hours, and, there, and it is. And then the end is goes by quicker, but that's too little, too late. By then, I already am sad and want to go home and watch Batman the animated series. <laughs> oh man. Or or the animated Batman Superman Adventures. Yeah. That show was yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. I think my biggest my the biggest thing is just it's such a disappointment and it is the first Batman Superman movie we got you know and it's such a bad movie let you down such a letdown such a letdown and they shouldn't have tried to get everyone in in one movie like why would they do that why ah tell me we'll table this uh, are there any good reviews you want to read Oh, yeah. About this movie? Um, there are not <laughs> very many good reviews, uh, as you probably knew. Um, but, let's see. Uh, Peter Travers from Rolling Stone. Hey, Peter. You says, wrote about, uh, <laughs> about Batman Forever. You're still working at Rolling Stone. That's good. good. Yeah. Uh, let's begin with Snyder, who starts at Over the Top and then rockets to the stratosphere. <laughs> I mean, sure, why not? Uh, A.O. Scott from the New York Times. This movie is less a freestanding film than the opening argument in a very long trial. Hmm. That's, I like that. Like New York that. Times really has their shit together. And then last one, Paul Assay from Plugged In. While this movie's violence doesn't go beyond what we see in most Marvel flicks, the atmosphere here is so darkly brooding that it feels much, much harsher. <laughs> and that's one of the things that we have to talk about. Like when we do our comic book movie analysis. No, we have to do a whole episode on the DC on the DC cinematic universe. Just by itself. Yeah. Yeah. That way we can talk dark. about the good stuff, the animated movies yeah. and the animated series I think that influence those one movies. One of the best things that happened to the Marvel universe was Ragnarok. Okay, and I, yeah. And I, and I think I think Batman versus I, I think the DCU universe needs 
a Ragnarok. Yeah. And it's not going to happen in Aquaman. I kind of want it to happen in Flash. But I don't know if we're going to get a Flash movie. Yet. Start so. from scratch. Table it. Table this discussion. Table it. We can't start from scratch. They put way too Listen, much man. We will talk about this. You will do research and I mean, unless stuff, they do the same do actors and just Listen, start from man, scratch, you can't, we can't do that. We can't, can't talk about this right now. <laughs> if you open the floodgates now, <laughs> okay. these poor listeners are going to be here for another hour All and right. Half. All right, so that, that was, was that was the guilty pleasures guilty episode. Pleasure episode. Uh, kept it pretty tame. Uh, it's not crazy. We were not weirdos. We're not gonna. I say mean, that. depending on what movies no, you like and we're what weird, you don't, I suppose we're super weird. Coneheads. Um, when was the last time you watched that? Go watch it as soon as you're done listening. Rocky Horror Picture Show comes up like once a year during yeah. Halloween. Yeah. Um, Catwoman, don't go see. <laughs> don't ever do that yourself don't um don't do it so let us know what you think if you if you actually like any of these movies that we were talking about please let us know especially coneheads definitely i just need more people to talk about coneheads uh, relatively subjective at gmail.com uh we're on instagram facebook and youtube relatively subjective and twitter on rel sub pod um this episode will be up shortly uh, yeah and, and uh, uh yeah if you have any topics you'd like us to cover anything you're curious about you want to get to know us as people you want to send us stuff and um, yeah if you want to send us some of your guilty pleasures and have us review those let yeah, us know let us know um and we'll probably yeah. rip it apart but depending on depending what depending like if it's any of the batman movies we'll probably won't we'll probably like this movie's great yeah. <laughs> i was gonna bring up batman and robin but i felt it was too easy yeah so batman forever ended up being the one we could as I told that. Lady Freeze, as oh, I told her, Clark, this, this is a one-woman one show. show. <laughs> That's a good note to end on. All right. A uh, good uh, Uma Thurman quote. <laughs> That's it. We have to end every podcast with an Uma Thurman quote. <laughs> what from killed now on. dinosaurs? The Ice Age! Revenge! <laughs> he says revenge and walks Jail. away. All right. That's enough. Uh, until next time, everyone. I've been George. I've been David. Um, have a great night. And may all your pleasures be... No, this is weird. This may is all your pleasures be guilty. May all your coneheads oh, yeah. be... No, let's combine all each okay. of our threes. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, let, um... let your... <laughs> Mine's too long. <laughs> all of them together. Put them together. May all your Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice be Catwoman Rocky Horror Picture Showed. Okay, that's good. Now, let your cone heads. Let your cone heads. Forever. Be. Batman Cook Pound of the Fist. Bye! <laughs> <laughs>